This is episode 377 of Bella in Your Business. Hi there, I'm Bella Vaster from Jump Consulting. You might know me from CBS, NBC, Fox, Huffington Post, Entrepreneur, or maybe you've seen me speak on stage or read my book, The Four Dogs That Every Business Owner Needs. In any case, get ready because you're about to get your hashtag Bella butt kicking in this next episode of Bella in Your Business. So what do you say? Let's get ready and jump. Welcome to another episode of Bella in Your Business. My name is Bella Vasta and I got so much great response and feedback from when we have our clients on that I thought I would give you another inspiring business owner who I've known for years. Her name is Randa Clark out of Barrington, Illinois and many other locations, which we will get into today with Tail Chasers. Randa, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Bella. You guys are going to love her whole evolution of what she's been doing. It's been really exciting for me to watch her grow. And also, I'm sure you've been scared through it all, but like the way that you deal with fear and just push past it. And one thing you told me a long time ago is you just work at putting yourself out of a job. And I think you guys are all going to see that and hopefully take that away with many other things. But before we get into it, Randa, why don't you just give everyone an intro of who you are, how you originally started, what were your past lives that led you into this, and maybe even a little bit about your family, because I know this has truly become like a family business for you. Well, my name is Randa Clark. As Bella said, we are actually approaching our 20th year in business. So it's our 20th anniversary in March. So we've got like one more month. Before owning a pet business, I went to school to be a band director, and I still have a passion for music. Our children are very musical. Matt's a songwriter, but I just didn't really fit in in the school system. So I ended up going to school to become a dog trainer because I had a really horrible dog. (laughs) Not horrible. I mean, like I loved him very much. He actually is still my favorite dog of all time, but he was very naughty and he bit several trainers and we got kicked out of every obedience school that we went to so i ended up going to school to become a dog trainer just so i could keep that dog so his name was max and he kind of was the whole reason that tail chasers was started so as a dog trainer and i'm sure many of your listeners are dog trainers the dog training industry it ebbs and flows especially in the midwest no one wants to take their dog out and work on loose leash walking in january when it's 10 below zero and icy. So I learned really quickly that I needed something that was going to ebb and flow opposite of dog training so that I would have a steady income and would be able to support myself. So, I mean, everybody has to pay rent and eat. So I started the dog walking business. I thought it was a good complement to dog training because it also gave us a nice funnel of new dogs coming in as training clients. Because when you're the dog walker, you learn really quickly what behaviors the dog needs to work on in order to be a polite family member. So I started the dog walking business on March 1st, 2004. It started out with just me. It quickly grew. I actually ended up about six months in. I had to have surgery that was going to put me out of dog walking for eight weeks. So I had to hire. I really kind of didn't have a choice. So it kicked me into gear and I said, okay, How do I duplicate myself? Because I'm very particular about how the dogs are handled, how response time is with customers, how you actually speak to customers to make sure that you're making them feel comfortable, not making them nervous about the person who's caring for their pet. So I kind of got thrown into growth because of the surgery, but I mean, it was a blessing in disguise. Anything that 
has happened to us business-wise and in our life, we've always taken it as a lesson and tried to find the positive spin on it and think, okay, yes, this is a struggle. Yes, it's unfortunate, but why did this happen and what am I going to learn from it? So I learned how to expand because I was forced to hire. As a dog trainer, you still get to work with dogs as a dog walker too. But what I started to learn is I actually enjoyed dog walking more. Dog training requires a lot of thought. You really have to be on your game. Whereas dog walking, you get to have all the fun part of the pet. You're not working so hard. So I really enjoyed dog walking. Still a huge passion for behavior and dog training. But it was pretty easy to hire people because dog walking is really, really fun. And the schedule is a little difficult. It's not a full-time job, but it's a very enjoyable job. So our dog walking grew and then pet sitting came along with dog walking because when people go out of town, you're the person that they trust with their pet. You already have access to their home. So it was just kind of organic. That's awesome. And I remember like it wasn't even called tail chasers back then. It was called something else. It was called tail chasers in the beginning. And then we thought about franchising. And when we went to look into the name, there were some other tail chasers. We were the first one, but there were some other ones that were going to cause it to be a little bit more difficult to franchise. But as we got deeper into franchising, I didn't want to give up. Not that I didn't want to give up control. I just know how hard I work and what a struggle it is. And I know that most people just don't have that grit to be able to do it. And I didn't want the tail chaser's name on a another business when they might be like, you know what, this sucks. I don't want to do it anymore and just kind of let it go by the wayside. Tail Chasers is like my third baby. So I just didn't want them to degrade my brand by not taking it up to the high level of care that we do offer. So we pulled from franchising and ended up expanding on our own. I love the thought that you put into that because I think a lot of people don't give it the care and concern that it deserves. And those examples that you gave are so true. And it's something that you've definitely got to think about if you're ever thinking about franchising. So I think we met maybe in like 2017, 2016 or so, and you had the dog walking and the pet sitting and the dog training. And then all of a sudden you were like, or at least it was all of a sudden to me, I'm sure it wasn't for you, but you were like, I'm going to buy a resort and I'm going to move into it. And, 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 and I was like, holy cow, this woman's amazing. So How did that transition from service-based business in home to an actual brick and mortar, which I think a lot of our listeners start off dreaming about that or might have that dream right now. So what was that tipping point that made you go from, all right, we're operating this in our house. We have sitters and trainers and dog walkers out there to we're going to actually buy a place and move into it and do the boarding and really make this a big business. So we had a pet taxi service as part of our dog walking company. And so we would bring dogs to and from the grower, to and from the vet. And we would take dogs to their boarding facilities when their owners were going on vacation because not all dogs are suitable for a pet sitter. I know my dog in particular would not do well with a pet sitter unless they were there 24-7, really. I mean, he's used to me being here all the time. He's a pointer. He's super anxious. So it doesn't work for all dogs. As much as I'd love to say, oh my gosh, pet sitting's better, in-home's better. That's what we do a lot with our advertising. But there are some dogs that it just won't work for. And we recognize that. And so we would drive, even though we would say, hey, are you sure you don't want us to care for your dog? We would take the dogs to their pet resorts and drop them off. And it's like dropping your three-year-old off for the first time at preschool. Even though they're my clients, 
I'm friends with these dogs. I love these dogs. And so it just kind of made me feel a little bit uncomfortable to drop them off. I didn't know the people that ran the resort. I didn't know what was going on inside the building. So it was a little scary, even though their owners were fine. They had booked the reservation at the pet resort, but it made me uncomfortable to leave my clients somewhere that I wasn't sure they were going to be well taken care of and that the focus was going to be on them being comfortable in their mental health. So we wanted to be able to provide that service because these dogs are part of our family and we want to make sure that they're receiving the best care. So we just kept an eye out. It's actually a really crazy story about how we ended up with this particular pet resort. I had had a search on, you know, Luke.net and then some other realtor pages just with, you know, kennel pet resort in the search. And I had one pop up. And so I had a couple that I was looking at and I have ADHD. So I do a lot of things all at once and sometimes make silly mistakes. I emailed the wrong realtor. So the resort I was trying to look at was for sale. However, I emailed the wrong realtor and ended up speaking to the realtor of this resort that we own, which we had no idea was for sale. It was very secretive. They didn't want their customers to be worried about a change. So we scheduled everything. I, I was talking back and forth with this realtor. It took a long time for them to respond. We were actually in the process of leasing a space right across the street from our house in Rolling Meadows, and we were set to sign the lease on July 5th. So this realtor finally got back to me on July 3rd, said, yes, they do want to sell. They're ready for people to come and tour the property. And I said, well, here's the deal. I have an appointment to sign the lease on the 5th. I'm not going to cancel it unless I can see it right now. So we came to see it completely full, that resort, 4th of July. Oh and we came out to see it. I hated it. <laughs> so I'm the one who sees all the like, oh no, this is going to happen. This could happen. This would be awful. And Matt's the one who stands behind me and kicks me off the cliff. And I just have to figure out how to fly. Awesome. I love that. Great. This is what we want. This is what we're looking for. It's in our area. It was actually the resort where we boarded our pets. So he made me do it. <laughs> <laughs> he made you do it. That's I mean, it's what we wanted, but it's just, I see all the things that are wrong and mm -hmm. all the problems that I'm going to have to solve. And Matt's like, nope, this is what we want. This is where we're headed. And you're going to have to figure it out. It so. sounds like you guys are a good motivation for each other. Good team, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. yeah that's amazing. I but love watching. We had advice the resort that we weren't even trying to look at. <laughs> <laughs> so what challenges did you have once you got your first pet resort? We didn't think about buildings. Like, I mean, I know lots of things about dogs. I know lots of things about psychology and learning. I don't know anything about buildings and fixing things and plumbing and all those those sorts of things. And this place was built in 1975. It required a lot of work that I didn't know how to do. There's all kinds of crazy things when you own a facility that you have to do. There's all sorts of filters that have to be changed, like things need to be drained. It's crazy. We didn't understand a lot of that, but we ended up pairing up with a really great contractor. What I've learned expanding my business, I can't do everything. I need to find the people who know how to do the different things and put them on the team. So once we got our contractor in place, then things became a lot easier because he could say, oh, okay, this has happened. These drains are clogged because of this thing over here that we need to fix. And it's going to cost you a whole bunch of money. So 
that was a big challenge. It's hard when you're buying a business. The sellers aren't always completely honest about everything because they want to sell their business. So we learned that they weren't as absentee as we thought they were. So the team needed more support than we were expecting. And then we were dealing with people who had worked here for a long, long time and had strong opinions and didn't necessarily like the fact that it was sold and didn't necessarily like us. I mean, not everybody is going to like us, but that was a big challenge. The staffing was a big challenge, but COVID took care of that for us because <laughs> we had to lay everybody off. So oh my gosh. I mean, COVID was horrible for everyone, but for us, it was life-changing. I mean, our business is so much better because we were forced to lay everybody off and do everything ourselves. So it was like I got to start over from the beginning and create everything the way that I should have, where I document every single thing that I do. I mean, literally, if I put a staple on a piece of paper instead of tape, I now have it written down as to why I do that. So it was a blessing, a very hard blessing. But in the end, it was great. I love that staple instead of tape, guys. It gets that grainy and it does. It's that right. I love that. Okay. So I know that you, you didn't just stop there at your first resort. You got another one. So how did that come about? He just keeps shoving me off these cliffs. <laughs> so we had a customer who was a long time customer at the resort, ended up really, really liking us when we took over. And they owned a building that was leased by a doggy daycare. And he decided he didn't want to renew his lease. And so they reached out to us. They were already talking to us because we were thinking about opening a store next door to this facility because he didn't want to keep the entire space. He was just going to reduce his space. And then he decided to completely cancel it. And they're like, please open your business here. This space is amazing you should be here. And I'm like, well, I'm not really ready to open another resort. I just bought this one. I'm still trying to get everything ironed out. But you know, I mean, lease is up. Somebody's going to move in there and open a doggy daycare right in the middle of where we started our dog walking business. And we couldn't let that happen. So Matt and my executive director said, no, we're doing this. I'm like, no, it's really not the best time. Like it's just coming out of COVID. Everybody still works at home. They're like, nope, we're doing it. Sorry. So it was like, having another baby. I was up all night for months trying to develop what the schedule is going to look like, what the program was going to look like, because this one is starting from scratch. This one doesn't come with customers who are already coming in the doors. This is us taking over, shutting down, remodeling it, and revamping it. So the awesome thing was is I got to design the daycare exactly as I would want for my dogs. And so it's an enrichment-focused daycare. There's lots of training involved, very small playgroups, highly trained technicians there working with the dogs, and the very best daycare experience that I could develop. It's expensive. My team fought me on how expensive it is because it's a harder sell, but it's worth it. And the people in the area that understand the value a really luxury level daycare are willing to pay the price because they know their dogs are safe and they know that this isn't daycare where you're warehousing 200 dogs. This is my dog's life is enriched because I drop them off at this daycare every day while I'm at work. But it's really cool to design it myself and see it work 
and be able to iron out every single number and say, okay, every time this dog comes in, we're going to use this towel, which is going to cost me this much to wash and all of those things. So I know exactly, I can look and see how many dogs are there today and tell you exactly how many dollars that location is making, which is, it's it's a lot more difficult at the pet resort because there's more moving parts, but Sure. That you really got to create that boutique experience, it sounds like, from the ground up as a dog lover, owner, trainer, caregiver. And I love the theme, the thread through here that, you know, if it were just up to you, you probably wouldn't have made so many jumps. You wouldn't have been pushed off that cliff, which is, I think, where a lot of our listeners are stuck at, right? They have this dream, but there's no one around them that's like pushing them or around them to really also help them build that parachute on the way down, if you will, right? I can't say there haven't been sleepless nights. There are sleepless nights. Of course, yes. But you're not like alone in it. You're not alone in your own head. It sounds like you've got other people to bounce that off of and to support and dream with you. You didn't stop there either. You have like another one, right? Yeah, we we bought a. I can't keep track of everything. I think you yeah, have three and, and three locations our, and a pet food. Yeah, we have a pet, we have a pet once franchise, which is it's really high end, small batch, slow cooked pet food that they order by the pound, so they can get it weekly, they can get it monthly, and that way it's very very fresh. Because obviously, as a trainer, you know that the dog's health needs to be in good shape. Otherwise, wow, your problem simply from their health. Yeah, and just incredible. I think your franchise was a really cool experience, though. I'm kind of addicted to it. It was very fun. <laughs> That's amazing. Absolutely. And I, like I said, like, it's just so fun watching you grow because it's kind of like, oops, I did it again. Oops, we're doing another one. I'm like, of course you are. You're Randa Clark. It's like uh, babies. You're like, oh, whoops. It is. Positive status. Looks like we're opening another facility. <laughs> <laughs> So with all of these brands and stuff, right, I know it's been also interesting wrapping your head around how to do the branding and the marketing and present them all as we have all these solutions for you. Which one do you want? How did you wrap your head around how you were going to present your businesses into the market with marketing and branding? I still think it needs some simplifying because we're still confusing people. I need I'm working on developing a better flow chart of, okay, you're entering here. Here's where you could go or you could go here to map it out more for them. But what we wanted to make sure that we included is that all of our locations and all of our services included the name Tail Chasers because that's the name that people know. I mean, we've been around for 20 years. We've touched a lot of families with our services and they know us. They feel comfortable with us. For example, our new resort, the Enrichment Daycare, when it opened, I didn't want these people to think, oh my gosh, there's another daycare in that building. I wanted it to have that Tail Chasers brand so people could think back and go, why do I know that name? Oh yeah, when I had the little schnauzer, they came and walked my dog for me. I know them. Mm -hmm. So we added the name on top of the resort. So when we took over Barrington Pet Resort, it was called Barrington Kennels. Pet resort is just much more comforting and it is a resort. Like we have all kinds of adventures the dogs can go on while they're here. But I wanted to make sure that people coming in knew that it was Tail Chasers that was now managing it and control of it. So we added Tail Chasers and then the Barrington Pet Resort underneath. It also helps with some location and some searches and some SEO for people that are saying, you know, pet care in Barrington. We didn't want to put everything just under one social media for tail chasers because a lot of people tag the different locations. Like 
there may be someone up here in Barrington looking for a dog daycare. If you just put tail chasers and they see we're in Arlington Heights, they're not going to want to go there. They want it to right. be by. So when it has the name Barrington on it, that helps them kind of recognize where it is. It helps with people tagging us on different pages because if they tag tail chasers, people are going to think that's just the dog walking services. So the second one is called Arlington Pet Resort with the tail chasers on the top of it. So that's how we plan to add when we add more resorts to we'll probably keep the name of the resort like i don't know if it was fido's house it would be tail chasers fido's house mm -hmm. so if you think back to the randa clark of 2004 what most important piece of advice would you give her document everything you do <laughs> so learn how to fix a problem write out the procedure make a video of it so that the visual learners and the audio learners are going to be able to understand it and save it in a file that's easy for you to find later when your brain's all scattered <laughs> and also know your numbers don't work for free yes sure your numbers from the very beginning provide enough income to be able to get the team that you need that's very solid sage advice right there so with that, you know, maintaining the kind of income you need, that also leads into work-life balance. And I mean, you live on the resort with your two incredible sons, which I've had the privilege of like virtually watching like grow. You had your second the same time I had Olivia. And it's been beautiful watching you. I mean, you homeschool them, right? And they're back they, in school now. But yes, we did homeschool them. Yeah, them. you're like super mom, like putting these businesses, like doing all that stuff. So engaged. I love watching that. I really admire that part of you. So how have you, I know it's a flow, right? It's not an actual balance. Like it balances out. It's always a flow. But how do you balance that work-life flow? You really have to have a really good team. Like you have to have another one of you, basically, that everything is spelled out so that they're never going to have to contact you to ask you a question because you've answered it somewhere that they can find easily. Okay. And take two days off a week. Like you have to have at least two days off a week, completely off that you don't need to worry about your phone going up because owning a business as I've gone through these 20 years, you start to develop this almost panic response when your phone rings, you think the worst thing possible is happening and it really messes with you. Even if they're just calling you to say, hey, I'm going to order lunch for the team. You want me to order anything for you? That's not what you thought when the phone rang and I've even worked with our team now because we have a manager phone i'm actually the manager on duty right now don't call me <laughs> email me text me like don't call me because if you're calling you need an answer right now and that means it's something stressful <laughs> yeah but you need two days to just not think about it and try not to think about your business i know it's really hard i'm always thinking about it it's like yeah. it's like my child yeah. And I mean, I'll be running on a Saturday morning and think, oh, I could have this service and this is how I would break it down. Don't do it. Don't do it. Send yourself an email for Monday and think about it on Monday. Watch some stupid life mindless stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's really important for our brains to like get out of that work mode and that stress mode. Because that also is where we're able to like reset and be creative, you know, like our brains can't like it's like a car. It can't operate at six RPMs all the time. It needs to shift out of gear. So in our final moments here, what advice would you give 
to pets that are just starting off who's dreaming about opening a facility one day? Know your numbers. Have everything written out because when you open this facility, you're going to be there a lot. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you're physically fit because the boarding industry is very physically demanding. The cleaning is hard. Running playgroups is physically hard. Be ready for it. Don't wait till you're older like I did. <laughs> Do a walk. <laughs> It's a whole nother beast, but it's a wonderful beast. It really is fun. Like playgroups and when dogs are boarding, it's fun. I mean, you're the person that they're looking to for all of their attention a lot, like when you're pet sitting. But, you know, they're at your place. You can go pet 100 dogs one day if you want to. Right. Save your money because pet resorts are expensive and you're going to have to put down 10%. Be ready for it. Have a plan. So if you say, okay, 10 years from now, I want to open a pet resort, look at the pet resorts in your area, see how much they cost and start saving that 10% down. We were able to leverage our current pet sitting business as part of the down payment, but we still had to have that money to put down and then we got it back in the closing because we had leveraged our business. So you do need to have really good credit. Otherwise you're gonna pay crazy interest rate. It's not gonna be worth it. You don't necessarily have to even own the building. We've been talking to some private equity groups to prepare for someday if we want to sell. And most of them don't even want to deal with the building. You end up holding the building yourself or having a real estate company hold it. So don't let that hold you back. Like, oh, I can't afford to buy this building. Some of them are in leased spaces. Mm -hmm. If you are wanting to open your own from scratch, like we did with our doggy daycare, our enrichment daycare plan to not make a dollar for three years, for sure. Yeah. Try to not finance anything because it's not going to grow as fast as you expect it will. And you don't want that pressure on you that you think, oh my gosh, I need more dogs. And you start cutting what you're charging. Right. Hold true. Understand why you are charging what you're charging. Make your service worth it and hold tight. I mean, it's going to be a lot of work and it's hard. There you go, you guys. You got the 20 years of experience from multi-business owner Randa Clark with Tail Chasers. Randa, if people want to go cyberstalk you, how can they find you? www.tailchasersinc.com is our website. And we have Facebook pages with each of the business names that you'll see on that website. And my 14-year-old son, Miles, does all of our social media. So enjoy the comedy there. <laughs> <laughs> and he's doing a fantastic job, if I do say so myself. Randa, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. I know that you've definitely inspired a lot of our listeners today. You guys, I would love to hear what your biggest takeaway is. So find out where you saw this posted and go ahead and tag Randa too and just let her know that her time here was well spent and how much she appreciated it because I sure did. You guys remember when life gets you down, always keep jumping. So what did you think? Did you love this episode? I sure hope you did because I put a lot of love into this for you. Uh, the best way you can show me that is by going to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcast and go ahead and leave a review. I just might read it on the next episode. I also want to remind you that when life gets you down, remember to always keep jumping. Thanks for listening.